I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by the Astro Poets Podcast. It's a new show about astrology, poetry, and culture. Hosts Alex Dimitrov and Dorothea Lasky are the duo behind the viral Astro Poets Twitter account, where they look to the stars to guide us in our everyday lives. They even gave me a custom horoscope for my sign. I'm a Leo, obviously. They said, quote, you're an incredibly loyal friend. Duh. You're emotionally and financially generous. Well, because you're so obsessed with yourself, you tend to be your own worst critic. Which, I mean, yeah, I guess that's all accurate. Fine. So now I should go listen to the rest of their podcasts, and so should you. Just search for the Astro Poets podcast on your favorite podcast app and start listening today. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. You're actually, like, very lucky to have me in the studio today. Not once have I ever felt that way. Okay, but you should feel that because earlier today at 9 a.m. this morning, I saw a man, a middle-aged adult man in one of those giant motorcycles. You know what he was blasting? What? Every Time We Touched by Cascada, which was my <laughs> genuine eighth grade summer. Yeah. Yeah. And Same. I was like... I'm going to hop on that hog and ride away. Well, I wish you had. <laughs> and then I'd never have to see your face again. Because every time we talk. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's get this shit rolling. We're going to kick things off today, as always, with Worst Things First, where I inform you on the most disturbing news of the week, according to me. After that, we're diving deep into the most relevant subject of my life in this moment going back to school <laughs> because the air is getting crisp just like this apple that i bring into my new teacher boom <laughs> teacher's bet <laughs> yeah i should note i'm not going back to school absolutely not never again <laughs> uh but it's that time of year and we're gonna chat about it and finally we've got the one and only ira madison the third he's written for gq new york magazine he hosts the crooked podcast keep it So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's zip up our backpacks and start the show. All right. Horse things first. The worst news of the week. First, this first story was sent to us by Twitter user Lindsay, a.k.a. at like absolutely who only has one tweet and it was tagging us in this thank you so much (laughs) thank you i presume for starting a twitter account just to tweet at us uh but this story is a 49 year old man in portland oregon who had a falling out with a friend of his was sentenced to three years of probation last week for filling a plastic toolbox with dog feces and then setting it to explode when his former friend opened it. Oh, ingenuity? Is that the word for this? Uh, it's probably not how you pronounce it. Ingenuity. But that- 
yeah, I'm just so confused as to the a combination of words that <laughs> led to it. It's dog shit in a toolbox set to explode. I don't understand how that works. I mean, if a toolbox showed up at your front door, you're you, gonna uh, open you, it. you're opening. You're gonna be like, "There's a wrench. I got need. To, I need a wrench. Look at that. There's one right there. That's perfect." Yeah, I've never seen a toolbox that I was like, "I want to get get my hands right in there." Mm-hmm. Name one tool besides <laughs> wrench. Ready, go. Hammer. Wow. Screwdriver. Ooh. Um, fallopian tube. tubes. Yep. That's in my toolbox. Oh. Oh. (laughs) You didn't even know that boxed my vagina until like a week ago. (laughs) My dad and my boyfriend had to break that news to me. It was very embarrassing. Yeah. Like two episodes ago when Barry said that she went horseback riding and I asked how her box was. (laughs) I thought that you were just asking like how my box because I have back problems. (laughs) No, I meant your vagina. Uh, It was fine. Specifically the vulva. I don't know. I don't really know where the vulva is. <laughs> Isn't it just the mound? I, we're not talking about this. <laughs> well, you know what we are talking about? Piece of shit. Yeah, pieces of shit that explode. So the man told the judge that he went to a wrecking yard, got an old airbag, and then packed it into a toolbox with a bunch of dog poop. Quote, so when it was open, it would just blow the dog crap on him. <laughs> Direct quote. <laughs> Apparently, uh, police said that it, quote, it exploded with such force that it sounded like an M80 going off and the dog scat was blown out of the toolbox. (laughs) (laughs) Scat. That's the technical word that they used. Mm. He said he said it on the back of his former friend's Camaro and the friend fell for the trap. Apparently, the fucking feud started because uh, the man believed that his friend was holding on to some of his tools and not giving them back. So symbolism is what he was going for. Honestly, poetic. You know who sounds like the tool? That friend. Yeah. The man was like, I guess the right thing to do would have been to get the police involved about his stolen tools. But he was like, I don't really trust the police. I'm not psyched where I'm calling the cops, unfortunately, because he has 14 previous convictions, <laughs> 10 felonies and four right. misdemeanors, including dealing or manufacturing illegal drugs, attempting to elude police, etc. according to court records. Um, yeah. So he was like, I just decided to take it upon myself, uh, quote, rather than be violent like I could have been. This was his peaceful, <laughs> this was his non-violent solution. It's essentially was a prank. A poop bomb. <laughs> well, I just love how he was like, yeah, it's not, mm-hmm. this wasn't, he, he has no, no part of his brain considers this to be a weapon. Uh, it's just, it's an I mean, explosive it, device. Yeah. It is like one step above like setting poop on fire. Yeah. Like, would you consider a bag of flaming dog poop a weapon? If you're throwing it. Yeah. I no. No? It, it's just a flaming If bag you're of dog throwing poop. it, then it's a flamethrower. It's a Molotov crap tail. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I hate it already. So uh, yeah, uh, so he said he and his friend used to make similar explosive devices together for fun and that there's like thousands of these videos of people making them and doing the same thing on the internet. So he wasn't trying to hide the fact that he made the toolbox device. He just didn't think of it as a crime. This was a love letter, honestly. He was trying to write a letter to his friend by saying, remember the fun we used to have together before you stole my fucking tools? (laughs) I just want to know, like, when people do that, I guess it's normal for people to, like, scoop up dog poop. I do it every day. Yeah. 
but it did not say that he had a a weapon. Right. Unclear where the dog shit actually came from, which is what I'm concerned about. Right. Did he purchase it, perhaps? Probably not. I feel like it's easy to just find it. But he he said, it was just made to hurt his ego and give me my stuff back, like a wake-up call. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, this man should be, like, designing alarm clocks. I'd get out of bed if this man gave me a poop bomb. Anyway, best of luck to those BFFs. Next! According to a new study, a 17-year-old boy living in the UK went blind because of his diet consisting largely of Pringles, French fries, white bread, and occasionally processed meats like ham and sausage. Okay, don't put this on the diet, okay? That's not fair. Apparently, he'd only been eating that for like almost his entire life. Okay, that's not good. (laughs) I don't think they were like, oh, you only ate Pringles for a week. Have fun never seeing again. (laughs) No. He was like, oh, you have a severe vitamin deficiency and there's no possible way. Although there is other, uh, they did, the article does quote other scientists and researchers being like, "Uh, maybe there's not like a one-to-one uh, relationship between eating Pringles and French fries uh, and going blind. But like, you know, it's probably not good for you. When is the yeah. last time you had a Pringle? I don't even know. Like 1997? But I remember the taste oh so clearly. It's I don't, right there on I don't my want tongue. any face with a mustache trying to sell me a chip. I don't care how much of a duck it makes me look like. Ugh, I love it. That little floating head on the on the Pringle the Pringles man. And his only defining feature is his mustache. I don't trust that. That kind of man. What are you hiding? Herpes. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> the Pringles man has herpes and he's hiding his cold source. Under that fucking bushy ass mustache. I don't trust it. For a second, I don't trust it. Also, yeah, they make an original Pringles flavor and then they're going to fuck it up with all of these others. What the fuck? Who decided that vinegar and salt it was good on a chip? Fuck off. I don't care. Don't write an email to me and be like, oh, Matt, I, I love salt and vinegar. You are you deserve to die. Who writes emails? I get e- tens of emails every day <laughs> from from listeners saying, oh, I love salt and vinegar chips and I'm sick of it. Oh, write to spam. I'll report. I'll block you. I'll report your number to the FBI, your phone number. And finally, 17 boys in Ohio will face charges for allegedly serving their teachers food with semen and urine in it. Mm. So, yeah, very on theme with going back to school. (laughs) I guess there was a, a global gourmet home economics class and these students made crepes. I remember, I might have said this on the show before also, maybe like second grade, we had to write, uh, every person had a different country, and then we had to write like a paper on it, and then there was one day where we would all bring in like the cuisine from that country, and I had Australia, and I just brought in cut up bananas. (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know. I read in like the encyclopedia that... Australians ate bananas. Oh my god, I would be so <laughs> mad if I were in that class. What else do Australians eat? I don't Shrimp know. Do the more Barbie? research. Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, oh my god, bring a fucking steak. Blooming onion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I got. Oh yeah, global gourmet. So this school, they were having a global gourmet home economics class, and these three students um, reportedly put jizz in one teacher's crepe and then put urine in barbecue sauce that was poured on on the crepes. 
global gourmet. I just like that it's called global gourmet. And they were like, let's fucking put barbecue sauce. <laughs> That's your first. If you're the teacher and you ate barbecue sauce on crepes, you deserve to eat jizz. I find that more offensive than the jizz. Yeah. I F F for for fucking with that shit. So now um, three of the students are accused of actually tampering with the food. And then another four are accused of like not doing anything to stop it and like aiding and abetting. But then one of their lawyers was like, they're really good. They come from very good families. He's talking about the crepes? Um, (laughs) (laughs) These crepes are so tasty. But like, have you tried them? Because like they're actually very good. (laughs) Uh, He just has cum like dripping from his mouth. (laughs) Just like, ugh. Uh, he was like, they've suffered enough at home that, you know, let's just take it easy. All right. We don't need to take them to court. The lawyer also blames social media, saying that idiotic stuff that other teens are watching to get clicks inspired the students. What? I just, yeah, I watched like Jackass when I was a kid. I didn't, I wasn't pushing my friends off a roof in a shopping cart. (laughs) Because I was a loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have access to a shopping cart. Or, or friends. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's why. Yeah. I just, I jizzed in crepes. I just didn't get caught. Okay. <laughs> you think uh, you think of MVP of the mathletes got caught jizzing in crepes? No. Because I knew how to, I knew how to properly measure. How did they get caught is what I want to know. I don't want to picture this image anymore. How do they? Cut? I, I don't know. They probably cut into. I don't. I don't know how much. Was, I'm actually getting sick. How much was in it? Like, what, how noticeable was? It? I don't know. Or did someone rat him out? I don't know the sperm count of the particular crepe. Uh, I'm guessing they probably were like bragging about it. Yeah. And someone, someone. Also, cracked. the urine is more noticeable than the semen. I would think. Yeah. I just, I mean, if I were a teacher, I would never eat anything that a child brought in. Absolutely not. Yeah. I don't even like the the trope about giving a teacher like an apple. Like, no. No. After hearing about like the razors and the apples on Halloween, like absolutely not. Well, yeah. You and my mom are both <laughs> scared of everything. JK, I love trick-or-treating. Anyway. Still do it to this day. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we are diving deep into the first day of a escuela. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right. Well, the other day I went to Staples, good old Staples. Love it. Because I was picking up some uh, supplies for a project I'm working on. I'm building a sex doll out of Staples. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Paperclip Staples. Just the jagged edges. She's your secretary? Who said it's a she? Sexist. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Sexist! I just wanted to make a sexual... Okay. Erasure. Erasure of male <laughs> sex dolls, honestly. <laughs> so I went to Staples, and yeah, I walked in, and there were so many people there, and I was like, why is are people at Staples? Nobody ever goes to Staples. And then I remembered that it was back to school time. <laughs> That's literally the only time people go to Staples. <laughs> but i was like oh yeah it's back to school time that was the point of that whole story 
<laughs> so here we are. It's the first week of September. We've put our whites away. And yeah, kids are going back to school. And it got me it got me reminiscing, nostalgia-ing about the first day of school and back to school time. So here we are. The worst things about going back to school. First! <laughs> Back-to-school commercials always make it seem way more exciting than it actually is going to be. Oh, oh, really, Target? <laughs> is Carly Rae Jepsen and, and the dog with the crossbow Target on his face going to do my geometry homework to, uh, to a poppy little song? I don't think so. Can I just say, I love dogs so much. Those ones legitimately, I, it's not that they scare me, it's they concern me. I don't understand how their heads are shaped like that. Is it that their skeleton is shaped like that or is it extra cartilage on top of their nose? Whatever dog the target dog is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's shaped like a bowling pin. I know. <laughs> a bowling pin that was like already like violently broken by a bo- bowling <laughs> ball. Ugh. Also, picking out a first day outfit is too stressful. The amount of energy you have to put into just deciding what to wear on day one far too much. I remember thinking like, should I wear this plain shirt or should I go really crazy and wear the shirt with stripes? (laughs) (laughs) Will it be too much for everyone around me? Yeah, you have to consider what you're like, is this asking for it? Am I am I revealing too much skin? Am I gonna That get was always cat-pulled? my issue. Am I gonna be revealing too much skin? Yeah. We also had weird rules about like um your shorts gonna be too short, which is mainly an issue for the girls, but you had to pass the finger test, which was especially racist towards people with long arms. <laughs> Which is where you would hold your hands all the way against your thighs and your shorts had to be at least as long as they, if they were shorter than your fingers. Does this make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, That's like, uh, I saw this kid on the playground being like, he did that thing where he was like, if your hand is bigger than your face, it means you have cancer. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and then I, he slapped you in I the face. I was fine. I was fine. No, he did it to another kid and I was like, I, he has cancer. <laughs> my brother and sister did that to joke. me a bunch they did that and then they got me again with like well I can make your hand smell like strawberry it's like you just told me it was going to be cancer now it's only strawberry either way I fell for both because I'm a fucking idiot uh, I did the one to my younger cousin where you put your fist in front of your face and you tell them like I bet I, I bet you can't resist me when I like pull your hand back I guarantee if you hadn't just told me that but you did it to me I would have fallen for it and you would have broken and my I glasses did, and then she cried and I was like <laughs> alright well thanks a lot for having no fun <laughs> she was a tough cookie okay she probably had a great outfit at her first day of school. Also, I mean, she also came out after me and has already like moved in with her girlfriend. So fuck off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got you have everything and I have nothing. Next. This most stressful part I think of going back to school is always getting your schedule and being like, well, I guess now my life is ruined because I don't have this class with this person. You know, you learn you're not in the same class as all your friends and you have lunch first period, which means you're going to have to eat at like 930 in the morning and then be hungry for the rest of the day. What are you going to bring like a cheese stick to six period and then uh, have a stinky piece of cheese uh, just because it's you ate at 930 in the morning and now it's 1 p.m. and you still have two hours to go and then band practice also after that it's stressful i guess i guess i'll just eat lunch by myself for the eighth year in a row oh matt 
<laughs> no, I never had. I definitely always had my group of friends that I ate with. But also, this is probably the most telling thing about me was that I was friends with all of the band kids, but I was not in band. Yeah, no, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much like on the outskirts, but I'm still a nerd. So it's like whenever all of the band kids are away, I'd be like, all right, I guess it's just me and maybe the other weird kid. I remember I came to lunch one day in eighth, no, in seventh grade. And I, you know, everyone had their spot at the table and my group of girlfriends. And I walk up to the table, my spot, fucking Christina was sitting there. Ooh. No one said anything. There were no other chairs. I was like, guess I'm going to go to this other table. And I had to go to this other table. But you know what? Those girls, still some of my best friends. Oh. Yeah. But fuck Christina for real. Also, you need to figure out how to get between all of your classes. That first week is just like a mayhem. It's a relay race, except instead of like glory and an Olympic medal, you're just fighting to see if you can shit between science and fucking algebra. We had five minutes to get between all of our classes. And there was no bell. Thanks a lot, 80s TV. What? We, we just had a beep, a long beep. Oh, okay. I guess it was technically more like that. What about Saved by the Bell? It's not Saved by the Beep! Also, buying school supplies is just a, a capitalist game of torture. Oh, thanks a lot, Lisa Frank. L- Lisa Frank created a hierarchy. Because you think my mom was going to go out and buy Lisa Frank? No, okay? I got the off-brand, like, Liz Fruck collection with the dolphin that had one wonky eye and then i had to i had to be second class citizen through all of high school thanks a lot deborah you were getting lisa frank in high school (laughs) (laughs) no i think i had pretty standard i had your pretty standard like horse girl folders i don't know i feel like we don't talk enough about name brand school supplies and the shame that comes with not having absolutely Oh, oh you have what's it called like raisin art it's not Crayola. It's the ones that feel like they're like soft crayons. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What were they called? Rose art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like those were the ones that would like, you'd get it in the plastic like binder. They would creak open. And then they were the shittiest fucking crayons. Yeah. Don't even, don't even talk to me if you had a Rose arts. Also, does anybody know what a non-fucking number two pencil is? Absolutely. I've never even thought about that. Well, I mean, uh, technically, I know. Is but... it like a lead? I, I actually. <laughs> I think it's just like a softer uh, lead. It's like made of something else. So, like a number one pencil, I think, is more for like. Um... Like mask people, you know, like like it's a lot harder. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like alpha people. <laughs> you have to be the number one. Uh-huh. Oh, no, I think it's literally softer. Oh. And it's supposed to be for like shading Feminines. instead of yeah, Feminines. but it could be I don't know. Don't come I'm for sorry. me, art, I don't know art internet. I just my mind. Ex- I used to live above an art store, and then it got closed down because because my, you never shopped there. I did once, and they were so judgmental. I was like, <laughs> clearly, I'm not an artist, and I'm only here for like a moleskin that I'll only use for like a week. Can we stop with the judgment? I want nothing more than to the, for the mom and pop shops in my uh, immediate neighborhood to shut down. And for a Starbucks to go in. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> ah, why are you a fucking Pilates studio across the street when you can put in a Starbucks? Well, that's fine. That's not a mom and pop shop. I'm sure it's um, someone's mom. You think you're going to do Pilates and not get a, a baby put in that dumper? With abs like that, I never would have thought. <laughs> also, calculators. 
Why are they so expensive? Are they still a thing? Tweet at us if you're a teen. Are they still a thing? Do you still have to buy like a new one every single year? Those were the worst. It's worse than iPhone upgrades. Yeah. What what TI number are I, we on yeah. right now? I feel like I had a TI-89. I think my cal- my phone can do like a lot of different things. Yeah. Do they even need calculators Can anymore? you even write boob anymore? Well, you can't like, uh, well, no. Now you just type no, that into Google. you just type Google. boob. Yeah. And you're fine. Guess what? And you're getting the real thing. Whoa. You're not getting a little uh a little digital rendition <laughs> that's just like 10 dashes in a row no you're getting nipple you're getting okay. areola bumps <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well i don't think i mean now yeah everyone has a phone or some people do i guess did you like love your calculator no but you were a mathlete oh because you did everything in your head yeah Ugh. i didn't need the calculator Ugh. No, uh, then yeah. The graphing ones, it's just none of it's necessary. Yeah, the graphing ones were the worst. They were also like a hundred pounds. Also, the beginning of the school year, your book bag is like too perfect, and that's upsetting. There's really nowhere to go but down. Like every one of these precious pockets is going to be filled with like chewed gum, like broken pencil tips, crumbled eraser stubs, fingernails, used condoms. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what were you doing in high school? Just masturbated into condoms and then kept them in my book bag. <laughs> no. You were the guy with the crepes, weren't you? I did, yeah. But I ate my own crepes, I wasn't giving them away. <laughs> But the good news is school is back up again. And that means all of the teens are gone from the streets from like 8 a.m. until like 3 p.m. I just have to remember not to go to Starbucks in the afternoon because you make the mistake once. And then you're behind like 10 unicorn frappuccinos. 3 p.m. And you have to wait a fucking hour just to get one iced coffee. And I'm sick of But also, it's almost fall. We're getting there. We're getting through it. So back to school season sucks. But we're going to live it up. We're going to enjoy it while we can. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we have Ira Madison III in the studio right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Fleur, our favorite fragrance company. I curated my very own sample set that you can try. I sniffed all the scents, but Moab, Sandara, and Hanami really got my nose. Those are my faves. Hanami makes me feel like I just shot a shampoo commercial, but instead of a shower, I was in a waterfall. And then afterwards, a bunch of river nymphs toweled me off and fed me berries and sang me songs and scratched that part of my back I can never reach. That's the calming experience of Hanami. Hanami is just one of their many great smelling, non-toxic perfumes. And unlike other fragrance companies, Fleur is transparent and they tell you every ingredient in their perfumes and why it's in there. So you get a good scent made with clean ingredients. Just go to Fleur.com unhappy to check out my curated sample set and get 20% off your first custom Fleur sample set. That's P-H-L-U-R dot com slash unhappy to get your first three Fleur fragrance samples at 20% off. P-H-L-U-R dot com slash unhappy. Unhappy. 
My guest complainer today is culture critic, TV writer, podcast host, Ira Madison III. You know him from his podcast, Keep It, which is almost at 100 episodes. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, And he's been writing on the new Netflix series, Daybreak? Is it? It's a series, right? It's a series. Daybreak. Welcome, Ira. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Unhappy Ira. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I thought there would be cocktails. (laughs) I'm so Uh, sorry. (laughs) You know, a bartender. Uh, we're we're getting the, there. The we're un, getting there. The unhappy hour is unhappy because there's there's no there's, there's no, no alcohol. Yeah, not even an amaretto. I know. Uh, there was a New Yorker profile of Pineapple Street Media, the mm-hmm. the production company, and they there was heard a, of them. There was an off a like off mark. It's just like a, a throwaway line about how when we're done recording, there's always like empties lying around the studio, mm-hmm. which is like not true. Wow. And the New Yorker is famously like stringent about their facts. Lies. Lies. In lies, the New lies. You more can't trust lies. anything. Lies on top of lies. Well, apparently they called one of the people who run the company and were like, does this sound like a true statement? And they were like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that's how it happened. Maybe they asked um, someone who's an alcoholic. Probably. <laughs> there's, there's empties in their office, yeah. in their car, but nowhere else. And uh, they needed find, a scapegoat. Let's find the liquor. Yeah. Where is it? I was a I'm I'm a believable believable scapegoat for that. <laughs> so we we like to start by asking everybody what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves. Well, I'll just jump right into it. <laughs> um, I'm, I was thinking hard about this question. Yeah, uh, you can have more than one. Answer I know, right? Because at first I was I was talking with a friend last night and I was like, should I say like Titanic? And he was like, <laughs> Do you hate Titanic? I said, Well, it's boring. And he said, Well. Everyone thinks it's boring. That's yeah. not the point. Uh, so I think I settled on mustard. Okay. All right. Don't That's like a it. safe answer. Don't like it. <laughs> uh, we can unpack both of those, though. <laughs> Different ends of a spectrum. But yeah, mustard, just like not a fan of, of the flavor. No, I don't like the flavor. I also don't like the texture. And just like, I mean, as a kid, you know, when you're like squirting <laughs> yeah. mustard on things, like even the color. Right. Just eating something that bright yellow. Yeah, nothing in me. nature is that is that yellow. Yeah. I mean, I guess flower, some flower. I don't know. <laughs> even things that are sort of like mustard cooked, like like the honey Dijon mustard or anything else. Yeah. Else, it's just like I immediately taste it. It doesn't appeal to me. I am still a little alarmed. There's something less off-putting to me about like a, just a solid bright neon yellow mustard than like a Dijon which has like there's oh, like sorry, brown bits in it. yeah <laughs> it's like yeah weird thick spreadable I don't know that's not what I think of when I think of mustard uh I used to think I hated mayonnaise but I like it in things I guess I like yeah. it aioli and I feel like every burger sandwich place like their special sauce has mayonnaise in it right right I mean, I don't think anybody is kidding anybody about what's what's special sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you mix two different condiments and called it a special sauce. We all know what's happening. But then Titanic was the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which is, it, it's it's a history movie yeah, I mean, at the end like of the day. It's like three hours long. Of course <laughs> yeah. it's boring at some point. I do, I do miss the days when a long-ass movie, you had to like uh, switch the VHS tape out halfway mm. between. Yes, I do remember that yeah. big double set that what was it else we had we had scarface yeah uh, i think <laughs> ben hur was a double vhs too it was always yeah the the movies that i remember the like all these like man movies like deer hunter mm. like things that i've never i still have never watched <laughs> they're also telling me we can bring you a drink if you want one do oh you my wa- god do you want a drink what do you have what what are our options <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, if there's like a little rosé or a candy gin and tonic, the the drink is coming. Yeah, we'll do the white claw, actually. <laughs> oh, God. All right, we're mixing some drinks. All right, we have some bourbon, some white claw. Do you want some white claw? Um, Sure, but now should I should I taste it on its own or mix it? Is that what mix you're it, doing? yeah. Let's have a little moment. With, with whiskey? All right. What flavor White Claw is this? Black cherry. Okay. Yes. Katie Tunstall's favorite flavor. Well, cheers. All right. That's good. That is good. That is a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's less... White Claw and bourbon. I probably put too much bourbon, but... Mm. Whew, I taste it. That is that is a moment. It has the kick, right? But it also is a bit refreshing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're gonna push me back into alcoholism <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I've had a brief break. <laughs> Do you drink when you record usually? No, we record at nine a.m. Oh. So <laughs> I mean, hey. When I used to film stuff at BuzzFeed, I made them, I was like, we have to record in the middle of the day because that's when the lighting is best. I know, right? We And then I still mostly, drink. We mostly have jobs. So, like, I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. Well, <laughs> well, you were at BuzzFeed, so, like, it was your job. But it's right, like, right. like my, one of my co-hosts, uh, Louis Vertel, yeah. uh, he is a writer on... Um, Jimmy Kimmel. So, you know, he has to go to work. Right, right, right. So we do it early in the morning, and it's just, you know, it's nice to know that you can be on, I guess. Yeah. I have friends who always say, Ira, how do you make jokes or one-liners at 9 a.m.? You're getting up at 8 to go into the studio. Yeah. It's the first conversation you're having with anyone all day. Right. And I don't know. It's just, it comes to you. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I I feel like the harder part would be you're you're on and then you have to like keep being on for the rest of the day. Like, I feel like I could manage it for an hour and then I'll just be dead. Right. It's it's that um that morning show mentality, I guess. Right. Yeah. Then you just go to work and you're just chilling. Speaking of Lewis, it, it reminded me of um, <sighs> the concept of gay Twitter is so like amorphous to me let's get it's into like, it let's what does get it into even it. mean i have so many thoughts <laughs> i have so many th- thoughts about fucking gay twitter what is it i don't understand it? i don't think i'm part of it i i didn't think i was part of it then until there was some some dude who i ran into um they made there was that one year where like everyone was doing march madness for like everything oh the bracket yes yeah. i remember b- and there was a gay think, twitter bracket. i think we're both in the bracket yeah yeah as was lewis as mm-hmm. was and that was when i was like am i am i part of gay twitter mm-hmm. i don't know uh it seems like well there's like there's different facets of gay twitter of course there is there's the like show your asshole facet which yes. i'm certainly not a part of yes um the only fans facet or the <laughs> right. or, or as i like to call some of the others uh using twitter as instagram gays yes yes right the instagram does not exist to them they put their thirst traps and their selfies on the twitter because they want multiple audience engagement interaction and they can retweet them they can pin it etc I feel like maybe at a certain point I was part of K Twitter, but you also have to remember we were at BuzzFeed, right? So that we, meant were, we, we were we were a different part of K Twitter. We were we were media, right? Gay right. Twitter. Yeah. It is it is weird that Buzz BuzzFeed was it was like oh you're a part of yes. the media and now there were we're so not. many so many of those gays too who are part of like 
LA or New York gay Twitter right. all worked at BuzzFeed. <laughs> and they've all filtered <laughs> off. And that's what I think it is. It's We were part of a different subset of gay Twitter. And then when we left it, now we're in sort of, I don't interact with people who are like, oh, there's the FSF, Chicago gays, like the right. whatever gays. It's like, I don't really follow really any of them. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on on gay Twitter in the sense that if there are memes that are happening or people are making references to someone having a fight or something, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Because most of my feed is entertainment people, um, politics people, or whatever, like Beyonce stand accounts. Yeah. <laughs> that seems healthier mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to my my thing, which is like, yeah, I'll, I'll see a reference to like a fight that two people are having on gay Twitter and the amount of time I have to spend to go and back look. and find out where it's it started. Exhausting. I feel like it's Nancy Drew. And then like you get to the end of it and it's like, I don't know who any of these people are. Exactly. And I've wasted an hour and a half of my life. That's um, also the thing. I feel like most people who would be gay Twitter, right? Their follower count is probably under, like they're following under 600 people. Right. Whereas I feel like I'm following too many people at this point for it it I'm, it misses me right even if i am following one of them i'll maybe see it yeah 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 it's too if, much going on if you're following like over a thousand or so people like at that point you're only really seeing like a, a, a meme if it's like reached true mainstream like it's or it's everybody. one of your closer friends who post it because right. they will show you people that you interact with the most Twitter, right, right. the algorithm will yeah but yeah, I'm. I'm also. I, I know that there are those facets of like. I'll hear people be like, "Chicago gay Twitter is like the the meanest," and I'm like, "What does that even mean?" I don't. I don't know. It's weird too because I think I was saying this to my best friend Sam last night. There are so many people who would be Chicago gay Twitter, right? Because but we live in L.A. <laughs> right. Because the thing of being L.A. Twitter is you. You've come from somewhere else yeah. mostly. Yeah. I'm from Chicago. That yeah. would be that would be me. I'm from Milwaukee, you yeah. know? And so I didn't know that. Yeah. So you're a Midwestern. Yes, boy I went at to heart. undergrad in Chicago. Yeah. Loyola. I lived right. in Rogers Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, how was living in Chicago? Are you uh are you a fan? I did like it. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> enjoy, I enjoy Chicago. Yeah. Is Chicago for me that girl? No. Yeah. But I'm there when I have fun with friends. I enjoy it. Yeah. And there's a cute bars. There's some very cute restaurants. And it's fun. It's just not a place that I could relocate and live, I feel like. And right. it's not a place that I feel has as much of a nightlife or just things going on as L.A. or New York. Yeah. They're going to come. They're going to come for me. Uh, if Yeah. We're just disparaging uh, the, the nightlife <laughs> of Chicago. Um, to love, be fair, to, love to go to sidetrack. Some of my for messiest her moments. Debbie Gibson night. Watch all of her videos. <laughs> um, but that's so funny. I, I don't know. I feel like it's probably a compliment to say that you don't strike me as a Midwesterner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I guess it depends on how long you've lived outside of the Midwest. True. At this point, like, I'll yell at someone, but I'll, I still apologize for it. Yeah, you still have some of those nice things within you. And I don't know. It, it feels fine. I, I don't go back that often, so I yeah. don't know what's popping in Chicago. Right, right. 
want to transition to a, a, a game, quote unquote, that we call Elaborate, um, which is some tweets that you've expressed hatred of something for uh oh my just god to elaborate on. okay Which, by the way you are you you delete old tweets i do not, i do not she long. does <laughs> <laughs> what is the strategy there will it's not just catch like, me slipping we're not gonna have not, a running record right not not that there's like you know like racist transphobic tweets or anything else that right. could take people down but you know i a few years ago, I ran afoul of like right wing Twitter, and they were very pressed. And they always try to dig up. I, they dig. They dug up something, particularly one tweet where they tried to accuse me of being anti Semitic uh-huh. because I was interacting with Lewis Peitzman about something. And one of the punchlines that he said about something was like, "Oh, the people who do this are like Jewish people." And like deadpan, you would be like. Oh yeah, I mean, hate the Jews, <laughs> right? Like a joke. You're interacting with someone and you see the tweets, but right wing crazy people love to pull things that like that out and be like, "Oh my God, he hates them." See, you're right. just as bad as the people you say are racist. So, I just don't ever want anybody having anything out of context for anything I say. So, I delete the tweets. Yeah, yeah. Which... Plus, I'm never attached to anything I've ever tweeted, <laughs> ever. Because if, if if it was if it was funny enough. If someone it. screenshotted it or saved it or it was like beamed to somewhere or something, or if it's linked in an article, they usually recap it. Right. So I'm, I'm not attached. Oh, so I see. I see. I thought you meant like nothing you say on Twitter is that is that deep. That like that too. <laughs> I I still have trolling tendencies. Yeah. But but fun ones, not where you're like attacking a celebrity or something. Right. You know, it's it's just like you're tweeting jokes and. It's funny just because a lot of people I feel like who follow me don't weren't people who followed me in 2014, 2015 when I was at BuzzFeed. Right. So they don't get when I dip back into that like sarcastic sort of sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fine line. Uh, but yeah, I feel like you're unapologetic about it. And if, as long as you like kind of stick to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my podcast is called Keep It. You know, it's inherently <laughs> critical of things. Right, exactly. Well, so there were only a few things <laughs> then that we found that where mm-hmm. you actually expressed hatred. One of which is uh, that you have to remind yourself that you don't hate Virgos. You just hate some people who happen to be Virgos, but you still hate cancers. When I see cancer, <laughs> I floor it. <laughs> I'm still like, I feel like astrology has now become like a, an integral part of the gay curriculum that I have just like. It has. I have to go back and like take a class. Black Twitter too. Just like, I think that astrology has had a big comeback. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't know that there were like moons and shit. Rising and like, moons. You have to figure out what day, time of the day you were yeah. born. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, rising sign and your moon. Uh, I am a Taurus moon, and my rising sign is Gemini. Okay, okay, which means you know, well, Gemini, you know, they're they're very divided. Yeah, like I know that two opinions. Taurus, very a little bit stubborn, a little combative. Uh huh. And so, what do you hate about Cancers? Uh, I just think they're obnoxious. I don't know a good Cancer. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know some very good ones, but you know, I just think they're very a little too needy for me. Okay. The only needy I need in my life is Ariana Grande. Sure. Yeah. That track. It's right. great. Right. Did you see her live? I, at Coachella, I did. Yes. Yeah. And the concert. You all, you were present for, for Beachella, too, right? I was. For both nights? Whew. Just the one night. Just the one. But, I mean, still, one is enough. Yes. Yeah. I was in maybe New York 
I was somewhere the weekend following, but a lot of friends who did not go to the first Beachella weekend were like, we're going. Do you want to go? And I debated it, but I was out of town somewhere. Yeah. How many times have you seen her? I have seen Beyonce. Okay, well, let's see. <laughs> we got to get out the fingers and count. Well, not counting early stuff, because I did see Destiny Child once. Okay, yeah. I saw the Survivor Tour mm-hmm. from Front Row, because I worked at Summerfest in Milwaukee then. Uh-huh. And I was working the concert, and I conveniently vanished from my post <laughs> to stand in front row and watch but my first real Beyonce concert was I was taking my friend to the Mrs. Carter World Tour. Yeah. So I saw that one. I saw Formation three times. Yeah. Three times I saw Formation. I saw On the Run. Three. Wait, three times. I just three, thought... three times. Three times. <laughs> uh, well, so because she came to LA earlier in the year, right? And then she added dates later in the year. Yeah. So I saw that show when she had added the dates later. Because for me, I love Beyonce. Yeah. And if she is in my town and I don't have tickets to a concert, it feels weird, right? Right, right. It's like if you hear, if you love Beyonce and you're hearing friends being like, I'm at the concert or I'm going to the concert, it just feels weird to not have gone. Yeah. Uh, and the third one was here in New York. I bought uh, someone who's, I've been a friend of his for, um, at this point, like 12 years. He's been one of my very close friends. I bought him tickets to. The formation tour here nice so i flew to new york to see it with him yeah but so that's three times mrs three times mrs carter that's four and then there is on the run and then there is on the run two which i saw but also i saw on the run twice i went the saturday <laughs> and sunday so so uh, and, and and beachella so I think that is I think that is <laughs> eight times. Uh, I'm just double checking to make sure that there is not one more. Okay, Mrs. Carter World Tour. Okay, eight. I've seen Beyonce eight times in concert. Okay, but I think it was after Prince died, right? And, yeah. Um, just the idea of your icons can go at any time, right? So if there's someone you love. Go and see their concert. You yeah, know? yeah. I had seen Casey Musgraves twice already. I saw a Valentine's Day show at the Ace Hotel, and I saw her at Coachella. But last weekend, a friend was like, I have tickets to Casey at the Greek. I was like, I'll go. You yeah. You're, you never you never feel awful for going to listen to live music yeah. for someone you love. I feel like that is a, I've been getting more into like, fuck it, you know, because it can be expensive. Not that you have to buy like a front row seat. But... You have to buy a front row suit, but it can be expensive because- you want to be close enough to see. Right. You know, you want to like, you don't want to be so far in the back. It's like, why did I come here? Right, right. That was the one thing about the On The Run tour that I like paid a lot of money to be uh, on the floor. And mm-hmm. even there, it's like, we're in a stadium with like 50,000 people. Yeah. Like, even the people in the front aren't really that close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still fucking Lo- amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yes. On the uh, stadium tour. Right. Um, I mean, my other favorite, I feel like the last time you actually used Keep It on Twitter without reference to your show mm-hmm. um, was for uh, Natty Ice Hard Seltzer <laughs> I, <laughs> as we drink White I think Club. It was, but... I think it was a joke because they did for Loco tweet out that they have a hard seltzer. I think that was a joke, too. Oh. But Natty Ice, it's who drinks it? And I'm from Milwaukee. I never love. Whenever someone was like, "Here's a natty ice," it's like I don't want this. Yeah, I don't think I belong here. No, <laughs> I drink like give me PBR if it's cheaper or something. You know, 
or yeah. Miller High Life. Natty Ice just feels so frat party. Right. Next morning, you're calling your father to help you beat some charges. <laughs> I don't think I knew what connotations each beer had until after college. I just drank what was was handed right. to me. And that's the thing. You you drink whatever you drink in college, right? right. And then as you become an adult and you discover things like Real cocktails, or you discover <laughs> yeah. like, like, oh, I was pure other, trash, right? Or you discover like craft beers, and you find things that you actually enjoy drinking, and yeah. you like the flavors. It's when you're in college, you just drink whatever to get drunk, right? It's I look back and I'm like, was I drinking vodka and fucking Gatorade? Yeah, just because My- it was there. <laughs> people who still drink vodka and Coke confuse the fuck out of me. Right. If you're doing that after the age of 21, right. it's like you drank that far. because you had vodka in your freezer. Right. And you also had Coke because you drank that. So mixing them together, it's no, when you become an adult, you finally become the person who's like, oh, I have whiskey. Um, so I'm going to have ginger ale in my apartment or right. whatever you want to mix it with. Or you have vodka. So then you have club soda, you know, or um, just seltzer water or. Anything else to go with it. As you become an adult and you buy liquors that go with cocktails, right? you sort of keep your apartment stocked with them so you can make a drink. Yeah. You're never really a person who's like, oh, well, here's some vodka and I don't know, what, a coconut LaCroix? Right. <laughs> I think my the, the thing that brings me most viscerally back to disgust is uh, crystal light in just vodka. Oh my god. Remember when we used to fucking drink Crystal Light? Dumping powder into our water? Yeah. Disgusting. But that is better to me than just doing it into vodka, obviously. Of course. Um, but yeah. Let's see. You also had another tweet. Well, this is... I don't even know if I truly understand the reference in this one about you mistakenly said aloud to a man at the bar that Bonnie Raitt sang If It Makes You Happy mm-hmm. and you deserve a hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I'm trying to remember which boy this was, but uh I definitely was at a bar, I was drinking, and I made a reference like he was like, I'm gonna do this, and I was like, I mean, well, if it makes you happy, as Bonnie Raitt sang. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, Bonnie Raitt didn't sing that song. And then I had a whole existential right it does feel like you of all people should have you know a pretty the bar should be high for like getting the references of course yeah so it was like i said that and made a reference i was like oh wait oh fuck no sorry i was thinking yeah so it was a moment where i was stumbling over the reference in my head right right you get that you know pop culture it's (laughs) everything is there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I sometimes feel like my pop culture knowledge is not up to like standard. I mm-hmm. think I need to do way more homework. But it's that the problem is when you think about it as work, it doesn't become fun. No. But I I was a guest on Lost Culturistas. Uh, I love them. I um, love them. But at one point, Lost Culturistas. Yeah, uh, they are two of my faves. I'm very excited that Matt Rogers is moving to L.A. Oh, is he? Yes, he's 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 part of my extended friend group. I I do. I remember when I was a guest. At some point, I like I I guess I wasn't giving Matt enough, <laughs> and he was like, he's he's on a show about culture. He should have opinions. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. That sounds like Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Which was this is a like live show? Also fair. Um, or an actual no, no, no. full episode? No, no, no. Okay. Although, I mean, I'm sure everything was in the episode that yeah. came out. It might as well have been live. That's good. Uh, I need to listen to that one then. I famously <laughs> left an episode of Lock Hulse uh because I was 
it, I recorded when they were in town in LA the first week I started at Daybreak. Uh huh. And I was I like already had time carved out because I'm I come in late on Tuesdays because we record at nine a.m. Yeah. Um, I would always be done and get to work within like thirty minutes of when we we're supposed to be like gathering, chilling out in the room. Right. Um. But they knew about the Tuesday when we record keep it. They didn't know about the La Culturista thing, and it was the first week, and I didn't want to be like, oh, I had to be late because of this podcast. Uh, so famously, I call an Uber during my episode, and then at a certain point, I'm like, guys, I got to go. My Uber's here. <laughs> and then I hop out <laughs> and leave. <laughs> uh, well, I think if you did a – if you did a good enough job on their show i think mm-hmm. they wouldn't mind that mm-hmm. yeah love a bit uh, my like because they always ask about your like cultural like what what is the thing that made you realize culture was for you mm-hmm. and mine was desperate housewives oh yeah oh bitch we could get into it but uh, then i did not have an encyclopedic knowledge of desperate housewives which oh. was uh upsetting to that i mean like it's been a while since i've revisited it mad bellas <laughs> always had the perfect answer for everything Except when it came to Desperate Housewives, I that's drew, my Mary Alice. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty good. I mean, yeah. I watched every season of that show. I fucking yeah. love Desperate Housewives. Uh, so did I. Uh, I just like I have to go back and and revisit. All right. Well, I think that is all the all the shit that I have. Um, before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? You can find me at Ira on the Twitter. Yeah. Yes. Uh, everyone's always like, you were one of the first people to be online. How did you get Ira? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, it's our social guy at BuzzFeed. Oh, Samir. Yeah. Samir <laughs> one time slacked me and said, hey, do you want the handle at Ira? And I was like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> And then next week, I had it. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I think at Matt is someone that is works at Twitter. So, like, yeah, there's no way. That's rude. Um, but also follow me at Ira the Third on Instagram. That's where the photos go because I am not a Twitter's Instagram user. Even right. though I do sometimes post a cute photo of myself on yeah. Twitter. The problem on Twitter, you have to post two so that people see both. Yes. Yeah, and has to be like slightly different poses or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, it has to be a slideshow. Uh, awesome. And then Daybreak, when does Daybreak? Daybreak drops allegedly in October, but who knows with? <laughs> who knows You'll see Netflix. it when you see it. Yes. Um, Jarrett, who also used to work at uh, BuzzFeed, just kind of like championed a a cause at Netflix to like get better at telling people when their shows come out yes i think he even has a new like little vertical for it yeah yeah um so yeah catch daybreak in october and you know there's there's a little bit more to come on netflix so stay tuned i'm excited yeah and keep it keep it is out every every wednesday every wednesday on cricket media as you find it wherever you get your podcasts thank you so much thank you i'll see you next time i am definitely drunk (laughs) your uber is here All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? I finally watched Glow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I watched the third season, and I loved it. I really liked the season. It was shorter than I expected. I don't know why. Um, But I really, I really, really enjoyed it. I watched it over the course of, like, three days. And uh, I cried. I laughed. 
Uh, there's some se- sexy parts. It's a good time. Okay. So yeah, I watched Glow. I'm glad I. I'm glad I got it in. Um, and what about you? Would you watch? I uh, have been watching a lot of the same stuff, but the Great British Bake Off is back. Uh, they're doing. Um, they're showing it in the U.S. on Netflix in the same uh, timeline that it's being premiered in the U.K. Or like a week after. So it's coming out weekly. It's not like the old seasons that we would all get as, oh. sort of as one. You have to watch it week to week. build the tension. But I will admit it's one of those shows that I'm like willing to watch week to week. That's great. Also, watching too much Great British Bake Off in a row makes me too hungry. And so having <laughs> just an hour at a time, I think, is probably better for me. Because I've also still been watching a shitload of Bon Appetit videos. And I can't watch too many in a row because it literally makes me too hungry. And I don't have the fortitude, but who knows? I just bought a Vitamix, so we're going to be smoothing it up. Every time I have a craving now, we're putting it in the blender. If I have a taste for baby, it's what? going right in. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jonathan Swift. <laughs> a very inconvenient solution or what a modest proposal. There's a lot happening in my brain right now, and I would like to ask you, what is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is that I went on a on a little solo shopping spree this past weekend, and oh. it was so fun. What did you buy? I bought the pants that I'm wearing right now, which are, uh, they're pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you not want to say they're the most expensive pants that you've ever bought? <laughs> Yeah, especially when it's followed up with they are basically upcycled, made in the USA uh, vintage Levi's. But then they have these like fun patches on them that are embroidered uh, like cacti. And I don't know. I've never worn pants like this before. (laughs) I really like them. I like them. Thank you. And I got like a dress and another pair of pants that fit me really well. And I got funky boots, which is the first time I've ever bought funky boots. So you best believe I'm going to be pulling those bad boys out. Nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just it was a nice treat for myself. Also, it was on Labor Day in Williamsburg and no one was there. And it was the best day in Williamsburg I've ever had. Oh, yeah. It was like everyone was out of town. Nice. That's pretty lovely. Yeah. What about you? What's your chaser? Uh, I'm very happy it's starting to get a little cooler, although we had a taste of it. Now it's gone again. Um, but yeah, I, I was traveling a bunch over the last three weekends and I'm finally my like little stretch of shows has ended for now. So I was in Tacoma, Boston, Provincetown. Past weekend was in Arlington. And yeah, my chasers, just everybody who came. Uh, it was nice to do a bunch of shows. And everybody who suffered through my my singing at the end of it. I will do more shows soon, but I was working out some new stuff. And yeah, getting ready to go out again. But yeah, my favorite, the Arlington, uh, the place I performed at in Arlington was more like this kind of art house theater, like small like indie theater. And the guy who uh, was the manager was like, want to have some fun with the lights? And I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so when I sang my song at the end, he'd like put on this whole light show. Ooh. Yeah. When I'd get to the chorus, it would like change colors. <gasps> it was great. That's so exciting. It made my awful singing more palatable, I think. Gorgeous. It made it more fun. <laughs> so now I'm inspired. So everybody else, when I eventually get around to your city, you're just getting it's just gonna get better and better. And that's it for this week's Unhappy Hour. Thank you so much for listening. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. 
Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye-bye. Remember Every time we touch, I, I get this feeling. God damn it! <laughs> you fucked up my halo. Yes, every time we I touch, touch, I get this feeling. Then every time we touch, I get my.